Patrick and welcome to another edition of the Rewired podcast. In this episode we're going to take a look back at Warrington Wolves 2019 Coral Challenge Cup final win over St Helens. I'm delighted to say I've got two extra special guests joining me today. We've got head coach Steve Price and co-captain Jack Hughes. Fellas how are we doing? Yeah I'm well Fitz, uh, great to join you. Okay, let's rewind to 2019. Let's first touch on the Challenge Cup uh, semi-final at Bolton. Uh, a great win against Hull FC. A very tense game. Steve, what do you remember about this game? I remember it was down raining and uh, it was very tough, very tough conditions. Uh, fits. They were they were a quality team, Hull, and uh, they got a lot of strike across the board and. Um, we had to we had to play field position against you know Hull FC. We we our kicking game had to be you know an eight out of ten, and you know I thought Declan and, and Blake Austin delivered a, a real high performance kicking game that day. Um, you know we seemed to you know keep targeting down our right side uh, there left around Farimo and, and getting them boxed out of that corner, and it was just a battle of you know sustaining pressure and, and the first team uh, that would crack um, you know would lose the game, and you know took took 72 minutes of you know grinding and and a slog fest to be able to manipulate uh and and, and break down a you know a strong hollow fc team and um yeah it was it was a really uh tough game and, and when joe philbin um you know scored that late try near the end it was a um you know a fitting reward for a lot of hard work displayed yeah reading lee uh, lee radford's comment post game he actually referenced our kicking game and he said that the teams were evenly matched uh I think Warrington just edged it via the kicking game. So it was, a, I recall, a fantastic display from the boot. Jack, the previous year, 2018, obviously we got to the Challenge Cup final, uh, but was obviously defeated by the Catalan Dragons. Did that provide any motivation for the team to get back there? Um, I'd say so, yeah. You know, there was, there was definitely extra motivation, but there was also the fact of, you know, we'd, we'd learned some hard lessons, you know, from the year before, you know, which was good, you know, as a team, you know, learn from your losses and, and that kind of thing is, is the best way to go about it. So I definitely thought, you know, we we took a lot away from the year before, you know, even maybe stuff subconsciously that we didn't speak about as a group, as, as individuals, we kind of learned from it and um, took a lot away from, you know, the, the defeat in 2018. So, you know, I reckon that definitely spurred us on, you know, collectively and, and individually on, in 2019. Jack, on a, sim- on a similar theme, there, it appeared that the... Post 2019 semi final win, there was a little bit of a different feel to 2018 semi final win. It was this obviously, there was celebration, it was delighted that we got to the final, but it felt as if it was we still got a big job ahead of us. I'm not saying in 2018 we didn't thought the, the game was won ahead, ahead of the fixture, but there was a, just a, a different feel. What did you feel that as well? And was that, uh, was that a, conscious, a, a conscious decision by the players? 100%, yeah, you know. We got back in the sheds and, you know, we were celebrating and, you know, we was over the moon to be going back to Wembley. But, you know, as I just alluded to, you know, we learned some hard lessons from 2018 and, you know, the way we kind of conducted ourselves 
from the semi-final win in 2019 was was part of them lessons we learned. You know, we had a you know we had a discussion you know straight away in the sheds. You know, post that victory against Holland, you know, part of it was you know how we how we're going to conduct ourselves from now you know till you know till we uh till we get to Wembley. So 100, you know, there's definitely a shift you know in mentality across the board. Um, you know, and that was that was probably the most you know vital lesson. I reckon we took from 2018 the mentality of you know from that semi-final win to the actual Challenge Cup final. Certainly showed. Steve, was you concerned about Super League form going into the Challenge Cup final? Out of the five previous Super League games, we only managed to win one game. Yeah, I'm going to ask that question a fair bit there, Fitz. And to be honest, to be honest with you, no, I wasn't. Um, because I, I knew how we were carrying ourselves, you know, throughout the week of training, and you know, it wasn't through lack of effort, and and and, and you know, there's certainly a lot of hard work going into the boys, and you know, there was you know a couple of you know factors what was contributing to our performance, and I knew what I know what sort of team I got fits, and you know, I got I got a great group of men there who you know extremely hard working, and a lot of players who have played on the big stage, whether it's for their country or you know played in Challenge Cup finals or or, or Super League Grand Finals, and we just had to change a few things. We just had to manipulate a little bit of the mindset. And once we overcome that, um, you know, I was confident that, you know, on any given day, we could beat anyone in the competition. And But in saying that, it, it had to take a special performance against a quality team in St. Helens. It's interesting that, Steve, you say manipulate the mindset. What, what does that actually look like? What, what strategies, tactics would you actually use? Yeah, so it was, you know, it was more about uh, simplicity. Um, you know, maybe there was a little bit, uh, you know, too much overload and a little bit of too much head noise going around, uh, you know, the playing group. Um, so, you know, as a coaching group, we had to, um, you know, pull that back a bit and, and focus more on, on the things what we can control and, and, and when when the boys are playing an eight, nine out of ten, what that looks like. Uh, and we empowered that, that thought process. And, um, you know, simplicity was, you know, the, the key messages around our group. Jack, I want to touch on one of those losses leading up to the uh, final. Away at Catalan Dragons, you sustained a horrific injury. Five minutes into the game, you have a ruptured testicle. First of all, how did the injury occur? And then secondly, is how did you manage to play the majority of the game only coming off in the second half? Uh, so it happened, you know, I just went in, you know, in normal circumstances going in for a tackle. It was off a kickoff, actually. Uh, I think Catalan might have just kicked to two points. You know, we kicked off, you know, down our right edge. Um, and yeah, just threw myself into the tackle and, you know, the guy the guy carrying the ball raised his knee, you know, and caught me uh caught me in the crown jewels. Uh you know, initially it was it was just like any other whacking, you know, whacking the ghoulies, you know, it kept me down for a couple of minutes, took my breath away and you know, I managed to get up and, and shake it off. And it, you know, at that point, you know, I wasn't concerned, it just felt like a normal you know, every now and again you get a bang, you get a bang around there. So it just felt, you know, normal at the time. But it was a, uh, it was straight after the second half we came out, and as I ran out of the tunnel for the second half, you know, just I just started feeling a bit of discomfort in there, a bit heavy and a bit a bit swollen. And and as the second half went on, I was finding it harder and harder to to move to actually run. You know, the testicle was was swelling up, and uh, you know, it came to a point where you know, I couldn't really keep up. I couldn't keep up with the boys, and you know, I, I put my hand up. I told Nick, I'm, I'm struggling here. You know, it's, 
testicle size of an orange or whatever it was, and you know, I need I need to come off and, and get checked out. So, um, you know, came off. Doctor had a look at me. You know, it was it was fairly swollen, and you know, the uh, ambulance whisked me straight straight off to Perpignan Hospital, and you know, somebody uh, put a word in there, and you know, I got through pretty quick and got a scan and. Before I knew it, I was going in for surgery in a French hospital. Couldn't understand the word they were saying. But uh, luckily for me, the, the surgeon, the specialist, you know, his English was top notch. You know, my French wasn't really up to scratch. Or, you know, like I said, luckily for me, his English was, was top notch, and you know, I knew exactly what was going on. And um, yeah, as I just mentioned before, I knew it, I was going in for surgery in France, and you know, I was having I was having a ruptured testicle repairs. I remember that, uh, Husey, very well uh, after the game. Uh, myself and, and, and Kylie Little, I went down to the um, you know, hospital and we're waiting in the ward for you to come out of surgery. And the first thing you said to, the, um, to all of us is, have I still got me bollock? Because uh, <laughs> you still, you're still couldn't feel any, any, um, any, anything down there because um, of the anaesthetic. So um, that was your main concern. I bet you Beth, Beth, Beth felt the same too, eh? No, she made up, mate. Well, the, the thing is, when I was going in for surgery, you know, the surgeon said, you know, hopefully I can, you know, get in there and repair you, but, you know, there's no guarantee. You know, there's a chance it might have to be removed, depending on what, you know, how much damage there actually is in there to your spermatic cord and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, that's probably why, you know, I threw that question out straight away because, you know, there was a bit of uncertainty whether I'd wake up, you know, you know, with just the one or the two knackers. Yeah, I remember that, uh, Fitzy. When, when, when it happened off the kickoff, uh, I mean, our trainer Nick Murphy said, mate, he's going to be in some trouble here. Uh, it's quite a serious knock. I said, I know, I know Husey well. He'll, he'll try and push himself and play with pain. And I think you survived nearly 28 minutes after that, that period, including, including the half time. So it was quite remarkable to, you know, stay out there for that, that length of period, you know, with a, sw- a swollen testicle. In terms of pain, Jack, how would it rank in comparison to other injuries that you've had? Oh, so, you know, touch one, I've not had too many serious injuries, but, yeah, it's definitely the most, you know, it was definitely a 9 out of 10, you know, 10 out of 10. I was going to say, if that's a 9 out of 10, what's a 10 out of 10? <laughs> so in 10 out of 10, you'd expect to, you know, be pretty much, you know, can't get yourself off the floor, you know, that was... It did, you know, initially it was a nine out of ten, and then as I said, you know, I managed to get up and get back in the line, and things died down. And then, you know, I was just it, it just got worse and worse as the game went on. As I mentioned, I couldn't, you know, I was struggling to keep up. So, you know, I thought, you know, being where it was, I best, I best get it checked out. You know, with with the swelling, what was what was coming up. How long did you remain in hospital for? I recall Carly stayed out there with you. Yeah, so we had the surgery, you know, Saturday evening, and. Me and Kylie came home Monday afternoon, I think it was. They discharged me Monday morning. Um, I know Kylie speaks uh, fluent French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was yeah, Monday, Monday morning about 10 a.m. I got out and, you know, Kylie sort of arrived to the airport. Uh, you know, Louis Anderson picked us up and took us straight over to Girona. You know, I was back home before I knew it. Steve, I want to stay on this uh, game for a second. Blake Austin also sustained an injury, uh, an ankle injury. Obviously, you've got one eye on the Challenge Cup final coming up. What's going through your head? Yeah, there's a lot going through my head that day, actually, Pitts. It was carnage. Um, 
you know, we, we got knocked around a fair bit. Um, you know, it was well documented, um, you know, the game um, and what went on throughout the game. And um, still doesn't sit well with me, to be honest with you. Um, um, so, um, yeah, I think there was a direct uh, intent and purpose what was being carried on. So, um, and then when Blake went down with, you know, his ankle syndesmosis, um, you know, you you're thinking on that and thinking about that game, but also too, you're thinking, um, you know, a little bit down the track also. So, um, you know, there's a lot of um, blokes who were getting knocked around in that game. And then we had the big carnage with all the, you know, all the spectators, um, you know, later on in the game. So there was a lot going on after the game. Uh, then we had to go and visit Jack. That was number one to make sure that he was okay. Um, that, that was, you know, um, a player welfare issue then. You know, we had to look after uh, Blake Austin and we also had, you know, I think Charters and, you know, Daz Clark got knocked around a bit too. So, um, there was a lot going on. It was a, uh, it was a tough physical game. So, leading, leading, up to the, leading up to the final, there was much discussion about, is Blake going to play? Is he not going to play? How long did you give him, Steve? Or, or when did you know that he wasn't going to play? Yeah, so it was, it was, it was a very serious ankle syndesmosis injury, Fitz, and... You know, it was touch and go whether we get the tightrope and he, and, he, and he gets the uh, the operation, which could have extended, you know, a, a few more weeks on top of um, we anticipated. So, you know, Blake done everything right. He, he gave himself every chance um, to be right for the final. But in the end, he just ran out of days. And, um, you know, in hindsight, yeah, we're pushing it big time. Um, and, and Blake was willing to do that. But, um, you know, we, I gave him to the, the week before the game. Uh, and I made a decision that, um, you know, he's out and uh, then Jack went into the 5-8. But, you know, I had, a, I had a good discussion around, you know, Kev Brown. He's a guy who, you know, I respect his opinion. I think he's going to make a fantastic coach down the track too. And um, we're just throwing off different, different um, you know, ideas to each other and um, around that 5-8 around that position and what would be best for our team. And, you know, I was tossing up Jack Hughes. I was tossing up Ben Curry. And, um, you know, I felt the best way going forward was to, you know, put a really strong defender over on that three, three man around Johnny Lomax, who's, you know, the one of the best attacking players in the competition over on their left, our right. And, Steve, on that, when, when, did you, when did you make that decision? When, when did you come to the conclusion, right, I'm going to go with Jack instead of, instead of Ben Curry? Because which we'll touch on, touch on shortly, which was a massive decision. Jack's never played six previously. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was on that Monday afternoon, Fitz. I think it was Monday afternoon. Um, and we got three training sessions, three training sessions in. Um, I actually never spoke to Benny Curry about playing uh, six. Was that, that was just in my, uh, you know, my mindset. Um, and then um, I went straight with, um, you know, Jack Hughes over on, over on that right side. So I think it was Monday afternoon. Jack, obviously you're recovering from a ruptured testicle. Did you have any concerns that you may not make the fixture? Uh, yeah, initially it was in the back of my head, um, you know. But the week the week we got back from France, um, you know, you know, good doctor Chris Brooks got me an appointment with the urologist at Salford, um, and I, you know, flew up there with Nick, uh, had a chat with him, you know, and he he had, you know, no worries with me, you know, if I felt okay playing in three weeks' time in in the Challenge Cup final. So that was you know a bit of a relief, you know, put my mind at ease and. You know, all that zoo between you know then and the game really was 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 take it easy up until up until the final week. So, you know, as soon as, as, soon as I had that chat with him, 
you know, we give him the reassurance that, you know, in three weeks' time, you know, with a with a uh, you know, some kind of protection on there, a box of some kind that, you know, I should be pretty much safe to play as long as I feel, you know, fit enough to do so. I'm not sure if I What's should that? ask this, but what what was the fitness test? Uh well, there wasn't one as such, you know, as long as I could <laughs> I was I wasn't I wasn't really pain free running, then you know, the only other concern was getting a whack there, so you know, the option was to, you know, put some protection on, you know, a box, uh, similar to what the cricket lads were, you know, and kind of just hope for the best. What what people uh, don't realise too, Fitz, if you look, cast our mind back to that uh, semi-final against Hull FC, Steph Ratchford was, yeah. was like, virtually no chance of playing that game. It was only a, like a day or two before the game that, um, you know, he said, coach, I'm ready to go. And, um, you know, we turned around a turn, turn a torn pec op- operation within nine weeks, four days, and after that game, Josh Charlie, uh, you know, I think he'd done a grade two medial in his knee, and we wished him what uh, got him straight down on a train down to London, got you know a uh, a clean out in the scope, and there was only a couple of days before the uh, the final, the Challenge Cup, that we knew Josh Charlie was also going to be fit to play, also. Yeah, incredible. Jack, what was your reaction when the coach said to you, look, I want you to play six in the final? Uh, you know, I, was, I, was, I was pretty comfortable with it. You know, obviously, I wasn't going to be expected to you know, play the style of, of Blake Austin or replicate Blake Austin by any means. You know, it was going to be a you know, pretty much adapted, tailored role for me. Um, had, you, had, you played, had you ever played standoff before? Not, not that I can remember, Fitz. You know, I might, I might have defended it at three man, you know, once or twice, but you know, I actually never, I've never really attacked, you know, as as a six or or whatever. Um, but you know, I'm the kind of guy who'll do what's best for the team, and you know, that's what Pricey thought. You know, would uh, give us the best chance of doing a job with St. Helens on the day, and you know, I was open to it, and you know, I was willing to put my hand up and and do whatever's best. You know, and as as Steve just touched on, you know. It, it was kind of the less disruptive thing, you know. Ben Curry was tossed in, but Ben Curry plays left side. You know, I already played right side, so you know, it just meant I could defend there with, you know, with Ben Merge and, and keep that right side tight around Johnny Lomax and, and Mark Percival. So I, I, I remember when I went to you, easy. You said whatever is best for the team, coach, and and you know, as I, as I slept on it, you know, over that Sunday night and you know, throughout that day on the Monday. Um, you know, we, we play with five running forwards. Um, you know, Jack, we went over on that right side. We play with six running forwards, Fitz, you know, which, you know, we've never done, you know, since I've come to Warrington. So we play with six running forwards and we just kept Deck on the ball. Um, you know, Deck was swinging both sides and, you know, I thought his kicking game was A1 that day. And, you know, Jack's job was to, you know, give some early ball to, you know, Benny Murds, feed him, become another running forward. And also to just stiffen up over on that right side around, you know, Johnny Lamax. You know, he done an incredible job that day. So, Jack, you're going into a Challenge Cup final with a ruptured testicles three weeks prior, playing a position that you've never ever played before. Goodness, that's one to tell the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be dying out in that. You'll be dying out on that one for years to come. <laughs> so on the CV, that one fits. Oh, you get on your CV, that Jack. <laughs> hey, Husey, you told me that Beth 
Beth uh, played a big part in um, you getting back on the field with that bus, that uh, torn testicle. Is that right? Nowhere <laughs> <laughs> near. This is not this is not going out after the watershed, so we'll uh, we'll just we'll just hold our horses on that one. Uh, something something that we've not really touched on yet, fellas, is uh, obviously we was uh, significant underdogs. Maybe not to the tune of what Steve you were saying prior to the game. Uh, maybe some mind games that are going on the same, saying the biggest underdogs in the Challenge Cup history. You need to have a look at some of the uh, previous games. But it's fair to say Saints were red hot favourites. What was the mood like going into the going into the game, Steve? Was it confidence, or I know we kind of touched on that due to our uh, poor form, but still there must have been some kind of fear factor. Yeah, they, you know, they they, they hitting every benchmark, uh, offensively, defensively. They, you know, doing a, you know, a fair job on a lot of teams leading up to that Challenge Cup final fits, and they were in red hot form. And you know, for us to get that end, uh, you know, that perfect perfect game, we had to be an eight, nine out of ten, and. You know, I've got a group of men who, you know, got a lot of confidence in their own ability. Um, you know, we've got a lot of senior players. We've got a good mixture of um, uh, medium age type players and we only had a couple of younger players. So we had a lot of players who've been, been around the game and played on the big stage. And, you know, that, that sort of settled, you know, a lot of the younger guys around. Um, so there was always an air of confidence. Um, but we had to be at our best. And <clears throat> to be at our best, it had to take our you know, our best performance, you know, to date to that game. And, you know, they certainly lived up to that. With the Challenge Cup final comes a lot of traditions uh, and a tradition that uh, I've seen uh, many times at the club and heard uh, stories from other clubs is the jersey presentation the night before the game. Steve, what did we do on this occasion? Yeah, I felt like we, um, you know, I... Things I've learned in the past, I, I felt, um, you know, was right. Um, things I've learned in the NRL uh, to be a little bit more, a little bit more relaxed. Um, and we done that the year before, and you know, I felt that sort of didn't stimulate the guys enough, um, you know, from that game. So, you know, I need to take a bit of responsibility for that. And I, I felt that we needed to do something different. Um, so we we had a team meeting. Um, you know, we had all our uh, Players, wives, families, girlfriends, um, you know, done a video link um, to the players, which the players weren't aware of. Um, you know, our, our analyst in Jack Phillips organised that behind closed doors and and uh, we done a, um, a jumper presentation around, you know, the individually, individual um, family members on, you know, what, um, you know, what they love about them. And uh, then I had a bit of a chat and I could just feel that... Um, you know, there was a real uh, level of excitement, but uh, intent on you know this is what we need to do, and we're, we're going to go out and deliver it. And I could I could feel it in the room that that, that night that you know we're going to go out there and put a really strong performance in. Whereas you know the year before was a was a little bit different mindset in 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 that room. Uh, but you know when we're down at that Grove that night, I could after that jumper presentation and. Um, you know, Benny Murdza, you know, slept with his Tonga jersey. And I think two players slept with their Warrington jersey. That, um, you know, we're, we're going to go out there and, and, and put in a great performance. And, you know, the, the boys certainly did that. Do you recall much from that evening, Jack? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, personally, I'm, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's pretty emotional and, and could be pretty deep. 
you know, but I, I feel the occasion of the Challenge Cup final is is, is emotional. There's a lot of emotions flying around, you know, in the build-up and you know, especially on game day, you know, and, and, and family is a massive part of you know of, of the occasion for the players. So you know, that kind of stuff in in the build-up to the game, you know, is 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 what I love. You know, in terms of preparation for a big game, you know, a, a jersey presentation, you know, from one of your fellow teammates, you know, and, and a message from your family up there on the screen, and you know, just being, you know, kind of just being vulnerable in front of each other, you know, the night the night before. You know, you're gonna you're gonna go to war together. Is something, you know. I think you know the 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 special moments as well. You know, the game's special, but you know that night before, you know, just all the players and you know the coaches in the room together. You know, emotions flying around, and you know people, you know, speaking from the artists. You know, they're pretty special occasions as well. And you know, on a on an occasion what is very emotional. You know, I thought that was was very fitting, and you know, I remember it very well. Also, too, um, Fitzy, you know, Benny Westwood, um, you know, had to make a real tough, tough call not to, um, you know, fit Ben into the into the 17. And, you know, even he got quite emotional that night, um, you know, but credit to Benny being Benny, super Benny Westwood. You know, it was all about the team and not himself. And, you know, he passed on a lot of good messages, especially to those, um, you know, those younger players about um, what it takes to win big games that night. And, um you know, that just speaks volumes about what type of person Benny is. Jack, you mentioned about it and how such a special occasion it was. What's it like walking out at Wembley? I should imagine that's an extra special occasion. It is, you know, the, the, the goosebumps people speak about and, you know, your ears standing up in the back of your neck, it's, you know, it's, it's true. You know, you actually get those, you come out there and then the fireworks and, you know, the, the heat, you know, it hits you and the noise and, you know, them goosebumps just, you know, they come straight out and, you know, it's really, really emotional and really special and, you know, just that, that feeling, you just, you know, you can't get it on any other, any other occasion apart from, you know, the, maybe the grand final as well. So, you know, there's not many players get to experience that throughout the career and, you know, it's, it's something we should, uh, you know, cherish in my opinion. Another tradition for the Challenge Cup final is the dignitaries that we have in attendance. And on this occasion, we had an extra special guest in Prince Harry. What did he say to you, Steve? He just uh, he, he uh, shook my daughter's hand at, at, at the start, and then he just said, um, "You know, I wish I wish you all the best, there, um, uh, Steve." And I said, "Oh, thank, thank, thanks, Prince Harry." But um, yeah, it was pretty more more yeah, general type conversation. Um, but I think I did ask him to the after party after the game up in the grandstands, but he wasn't too fond of. But um, <laughs> yeah, it would have uh, it would have been pretty cool if the uh, you know, the big fella could, could come to our after party. But, um, yeah, he's just a real genuine, sincere guy. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great, great initiative by the game to be able to get, you know, a guy of his stature. Certainly was. Jack, do you, re you recall speaking to him? Not really, Fitz, no. You know, obviously he came along, you know, shook all the players' hands and I think he just wished, wished us all good luck, you know, in the lead-up to the game. Apart from that, didn't get much, uh, much chance to have a chinwag with, you know, with Prince Harry. I did speak to him before the game and actually did say to me, Carl, do you mean I'm really rooting for Warrington today? So there's a bit of, there's a bit of an exclusive there. Uh, <laughs> right, OK. So just before we go on to the game, Steve, what is the last message that you give to the players? Well, my last message I gave to the players, um, you know, we, we, we spoke, spoke about defensively. We had to be at our best and we had to invest heavily into that first 15, 18 minutes. Uh, St. Helens are a team that, 
you know, like to blow you off the park early. Um, and, you know, we, we just spoke about top load and all our energy into that first 15, 18 minutes. And, um, and, and the last couple of messages I finished with the boys is just go out and enjoy yourselves because you may never get this opportunity again. So, you know, go out and enjoy it and let it all hang. So we're moving on to the game. We kick off. There's a quite a controversial incident early on in the game, relatively early in the game, where Robert Hicks uh, doesn't defer a uh, potential try by Morgan Knowles after chasing a kick down, doesn't go to the big screen. Uh, replays later shows that Morgan actually got, got the ball down. Jack, was you surprised that Robert didn't go to the, the big screen on this occasion? At the time, no. You know, I didn't realise like, how close it was, how close the call it was. You know, to me, it was just, you know, he made a decision and he was probably right. But, you know, seeing that back, after the game, you know, it probably definitely should have gone up top and, you know, probably had a chance of being given as well. 25 minutes into the game, we strike first. Joe Fieldman cuts through the heart of the Saints defence, scoring beside the post. Now it's Jason Clark driving back towards the middle. They've set up a very good position here, Warrington. Daryl Clark back to Fieldman again, who's just hurtling towards the line, has rolled over. Has he touched it down? The referee says he has. It's the Warrington-born Joe Philbin who gets Warrington up and running. Steve, what's what's Joe like to coach? It appears that under your leadership and your coaching regime, he seems to have flourished and gone to that next level. Yeah, I love I love everything about Joe. He's he's a bit of an old school type uh, character, which which I like. Their their fits. He. Um, He's extremely hard working. Um, you know, with the, the two and a half years, you know, we've come together, I think he's only missed two training sessions. And every time he trains, he trains to the best of his ability. Um, there's, there, there's no second gear for Joe. It's all 100 mile an hour, which, which I love. You know, all the players, you know, if you speak to every player in the playing group, you've got so much respect for him. He's just a real genuine a uh, hard-working guy, and I think it's a reflection of how he's been brought up by, you know, his wonderful parents. So, you know, I see so much more upside in him and, and, and see him playing a big big part of, you know, Warrington's front row for a long time to come. Jack, just under three minutes, you have an assist. You feed the big fella, Murdoch Sill, and he goes crashing over. They're on Saints defence, unable to stop him. Saints stand and wait for some more bruising defending today, but they've been the court short. What's he like to play against, man? Obviously, you come up against him as at Salford, and no doubt you come up against him in training. Uh, well, put it simply, he's an handful. You know, you know when he's coming at you, you're gonna have, you know, you have to throw your body in, otherwise, you know, you, you don't stand a chance. You know, he's an absolute freak. He's under, he's well, he's actually a bit lighter than he ever has been, I think, at the minute. But you know, we know he plays around that one one twenty mark, and you know, he's frighteningly fast. So. You know, as a kind of guy, you've got to you've got to throw your all into, and you know, just hope for the best. Defensively, we're very robust in the first quarter. Uh, Saints not quite at the races, but I don't think we allow them to be. We go in twelve nil up at half time. Steve, what's your message? I knew that. I think they had five players in that team who hadn't played much footy leading up to the game. They're fit, so I knew that they were a little bit underdone and. Um, you know, that's why we invested so heavily into that, you know, that first first 40. And, um, you know, I thought our two wingers, 
you know, that, especially that first 40 were, were unbelievable. And for the, for the full 80, I think they had 50 carries between them in Lineman and Charlie, two wingers. And, you know, the metres they made were, were outstanding. And, and that certainly helped our, our forwards come out of yardage. Um, but, but it was simple messages. You know, we spoke about, you know, leading up to the game, you know, about um, simplicity and, and about hard work. And it was just more about just getting our defensive right. Um, little trends, what they were trying to exploit, especially over Johnny, Johnny Lomax around our right edge, which we just needed to tidy up. And Lily got us around on that inside around Merds. And I think it was Mike Cooper there. Uh, just before half time, so we just spoke about that, and we spoke about them, you know, just keep filling up on our short sides because uh, that's where they're quite quite potent, um, and 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 just keep trying to nullify, you know, one of the great hookers in the game in James James Roby, and if we can do that, um, then we'll we'll give ourselves every chance, and you know, ball control was a hot topic, um, you know, Jack just spoke about uh, the heat, um, you know, the heat was 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 like was like wildfire yeah, out there. Yeah, well, about ball control. <laughs> yeah, he certainly does. He certainly does. But yeah, it was more about simple messages, and you know, we um, you know, we had to keep, you know, our, our kicking game that day uh, with Dex swinging in both sides and Steph being the other option was, you know, working really well. And we just had to keep maintaining the rage. We knew that St Helens were going to have a big crack at us uh, when when that would have been. We weren't quite sure, but there was a block. I think it was around about that uh, sixty minute to about that sixty eight minute where they were coming hard at us. And, uh, you know, there was some big game-changing moments like Daryl Clark with those two try-saving tackles, Mike Cooper tying up that inside. Um, you know, and every, every line break they made, um, you know, we always had more, more jumpers around them. So, you know, that was, that was, a, that was special. Jack, how are you feeling at half-time? Obviously, you've not played for three weeks. Uh, still carrying that injury, uh, albeit it's... Uh... It appears to have improved and healed to a degree. What are you fe- how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good to be honest. You know, it was it was all a bit gas. You know, as, you know, as we just touched on the heat, it was you know it was mad up pitch side, and you know it was a very fast game, especially through the middle. You know, for both sides, you know, the rook was was fast. You know, it was the main focus was you know tw- trying to win that rook and get that quick play the ball, and both teams were doing that. And, Especially that middle third, it was a very fast game. It was a tough, tough day at the office for the middles. Um, but yeah, half time, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't any more gas than I usually would be. Not working. Um, you know, we was, we was confident. We knew we was in a good place, and you know, we was twelve and up or whatever it was, and we kind of just, you know, we just knew all you had to do now was defend. We didn't have to score again to win the game. You know, we just had to absolutely empty our tanks and you know defend as hard as we could for, for another forty minutes. So 56 minutes into the game, after sustained pressure, sustained pressure from St. Helens, they eventually score Theo Farge stepping inside Toby King. This is Roby, left to Farge, Farge with a step, Farge reaches, has he touched it down? Yes he has, the finger points, the little Frenchman might just have become a revolution here. St. Helens back in a contest with a try. Jack, what's said behind the sticks? Uh, yes, yeah, so we was on a, you know, we was going through a bit of a tough patch then, you know, we couldn't really make, we weren't really making many yards and, you know, we couldn't get into a good position of kicking, you know, we was kicking from deep and Saints were catching on the fall and, you know, it was in a bit of a rut at the time and, you know, we were digging deep and as I mentioned, you know, I thought the middle was outstanding that day, you know, including the lads who came off the bench, it was, it was a tough game up that middle and it was very fast and, 
you know, I think I think um, it might have been Alex Warmsley who got a quick play ball the play before, and uh, you know we just couldn't get our numbers out on the right side, and you know they got us back on the inside there around Toby King, and you know kind of kind of went for us. You know, it's kind of a good thing for us that we got to, uh, you know, we got to kick off from then and kind of start winning field position again. You know, we could put a deep, a deep kick off, you know, into Saints half and have a really good, you know, we call a trap set. Um, you know, where we really pin a team down and, you know, trying to win field position back. And, you know, it didn't come under the circumstances we wanted for a try, but, you know, that kind of gave us an opportunity to get some field position back. Steve, when, when we're defending our own line like that, uh, what's, what's the messages to the players or what are you looking for or what are you asking for from your players? Yeah, so we're, we're really big on systems defensively fits and, you know, everyone's got a specific role to play, um, whether you're whether at your marker, whether you're at A, whether you're at B or whether you're, you know, defending on an, on an edge, on a, on a short side or a long side. Everyone's got a system to play. And, you know, we always talk about um, no one jumps out of that system. Um, you do what... You, you, you're really clinical in that in that part, and um, you know we talk a lot about inside pressure, and you know we always talk about you know scrambling, scrambling for your brother, and um, you know the boys the boys done that magnificently on you know that day. Uh, you know we always presented a you know a nice straight line, and um, you know we always you know we always had Blake's you know always working extremely hard from you know the inside, and uh, you know it was a, uh, a fitting reward for him. Surprisingly, uh, Lachlan Coop misses the conversion. It's, it's 12-4. It, it, it appears, Steve, that Saints have are feeling the pressure. Coop come up with some uncharacteristic errors in the first half, uh, as did a number of other Saints players. I know you're good friends with, with, uh, with Justin, with Justin Holbrook, the Saints coach at the time. Did you ever speak to him after the game? I'm not suggesting straight after the game, but uh, in the days and weeks ahead, about how they may have succumbed to the pressure. No, I don't think we've actually, um, you know, spoken about um, that game, to be honest with you, Fitz. Um, we might have spoken about, you know, a couple of other games after that. But, yeah, we never really uh, have touched on that game, uh, to be honest. But, you know, as, as I said before, there were, I think there was five plays in that team. I think there were, off the top of my head, there was Alex, Alex Wormsley, I know, um, you know, the fullback in Lachlan Coote. Um, they had a, you know, like James Raby was struggling with his groins, and they had a fair few players who, um, you know, hadn't played a lot of lot of game time, um, and, and and that that was our key focus to, you know, invest heavily into that start, and you know, maintain them. And when we got in front, it was about maintaining the rage, and you know, um, you know, I was confident that, um, you know, we could we could we could hang on there. You've both touched on it. You've a tremendous defensive effort throughout, not only the second half, but throughout the game. Possibly summed up by Bryson Goodwin's effort on Tommy Makinson in the corner. Is that something that you practice, Steve, uh, in, in, in defending Tommy Makinson? Yeah, that's credit to, to Teddy, uh, to Bryson. Um, you know, he, he watches a lot of, lot of uh, rugby there, Bryson. And, um, you know, both sides of the world and... You know that's that's credit to him and you know and, and uh, you know our left, our left side over there because you know Tommy does do that quite well and he scored a lot of great tries by doing that and you know they practice that out on the on the pitch during the week you know to try and um, you know go for that arm to knock out uh, that ball so yeah all, all, all praise for uh, Teddy there. Seventy-two minutes into the game, Daryl Clark skips out of dummy half and crashes over and sealing the win 18-4. 18-4. 
Warrington fans are in great voice. Warrington players are in great position. Cooper smashes in. Up and down. Nine away and four tackles to go. You'd fancy them. This is Philbin. Held up, put down, five out. Daryl Clark runs to the left to win it. Daryl Clark reaches and scores. And his 150th Warrington appearance will surely now be a Challenge Cup final victory. Warrington over the line, both in terms of that try line and surely the finish line. Well, he's my man of the match. I've been calling him all the game. He's made the right breaks at the right time, the right kicks, the right moves, the right runs. Boy, does he run at the right time here. He has to run. He's going to make a break. What a score from Daryl Clark. You need your big players to step up, and he has made some really, really big runs in this game at crucial times. And what a way to finish it. Daryl also picks up the Lance Todd trophy. Steve, and I'll see you in a sec, Jack. How good was Daryl in the final? He was, he was superb. You know, I, I feel that that was his best game. He's, you know, he's played for the, you know, for the Warrington club. Um, you know, and, and they had to take the special performance, you know, to beat a, a quality team, St. Helens. And, you know, he, he was in some red-hot form, uh, you know, days. And, you know, he's a, he's a quality player. And, you know, for him to be able to do what he does best, it, it, it takes a lot of hard work for our forwards to be able to get some ruck speed around that for Daryl to be able to um, do what he does best. So, yeah, it was a um, top-shot performance, you know, a huge amount of... Um, you know, admiration, respect for Daz on on that day. But also, too, we haven't really touched on, uh, I think it was the second try what Jay Philbin scored there, Fitz. The play before, um, and he, he doesn't get a lot of recognition, um, you know, from, you know, people on the outside, but within our club, he certainly yeah. does. And uh, a bloke called Jace Clark, who, who got that play the ball speed uh, to, you know, spit a number of defenders out and get St. Helens off the back foot, um, deserves some big, Big raps for that play too to be able to Joe be able to do his bit. Jack Dal Clark, worthy win of the Lance Todd. Hundred percent, you know, by far, you know, the best player on on the field that day. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it was a it was a tough uh, a tough slog up the middle, and you know, does does took full advantage of that. You know, the uh, couple of their boys hadn't played for a number of weeks in the middle for Saints, and as I mentioned, he you know he, he took a full advantage of that and. You know, it was by far the best player of the day. You know, on team breaks up the middle of the field and, you know, try saving tackles, you know, and to be out there that long in the middle and, and putting the kind of effort that did, you know, it was, a, you know, epitomised, you know, what that was all about. Super. Steve, when uh, when a player scores, there was a big moment in the game. The camera often pans to yourself and you've got a little bit of a trademark now, which... Uh, which I've noticed, which it appears that Lee Breeze is also starting to do. It's just a little... little Fist pump that uh, that you know do you did it off for you did it throughout that game. Uh, have you instructed Lee that he must follow suit because he's doing the exact same thing now? No, that's not one thing I've instructed Breezy to do. But um, I've seen I did, uh, what's that, Jack? I've seen him and Breezy practicing. <laughs> <laughs> but if he keeps growing that beard, one thing I do know is that I'm going to punch him in the head next time he uh, tries to take me thunder. <laughs> Brilliant. Jack, the final whistle goals, we've done it. 
Uh, we've won the Challenge Cup again in, in 2019. That's the hooter. That's the signal. It's Warrington's day. St Helens came here as red-hot favourites. But Warrington put the flames out, did the job they had to do, and they are going on with the trophy. What does it feel like? Uh, initially, you know, a bit of relief initially. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we was, you know, on the outside, externally, we was, we was massive underdogs and there probably wasn't much pressure on us. But, you know, internally from the group, you know, there was, there was pressure, you know, as, as a group and as individuals, you know, we, we really wanted to win. You know, the club's got great history in the cup and, you know, we wanted to emulate that and, and bring the cup home again. And, you know, that, that, that amounted to a lot of pressure being on us. You know, it wasn't there externally, but it was definitely on us. So. You know, initially it was a it was a bit of a relief to, you know, to to get the win. Um, you know, especially on on the back of a, a, de- a defeat the year before against Catalans. Um, so yeah, you know, initially massive relief and you know very emotional. A few tears there, and you know you shouldn't get in the sheds and you know the relief's gone. And, you know, it's kind of just party time. <laughs> before we go on to party time, Steve, what's your emotions like at full time? Yeah, I think you know Jack hit it on the head there. It was it was a big relief because uh, we 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 know that we we let ourselves down the year before and um, we actually had a quite uh, tough run leading into the Challenge Cup. We played a lot of quality teams and you know we played you know a red hot team in St Helens and we had to be at our best. And the boys went out there and delivered a you know an A one perfect game plan. Uh, they executed for eighty minutes and they and they stayed at it. And yeah, it was just a big relief. I, I was really you know proud of them. Um, and, and and just excited for everyone involved in the club uh, and, and all our supporters who, you know, travelled down to Wembley to be able to experience a um, you know great spectacle. So um, yeah, it was, it was more about relief and, and and just more so proud for the proud of the guys. As part of the celebrations, uh, you experienced a ice bucket over your head. Do you remember who did it? At the time, I had no idea. Um, because Breezy and Hendo would, you know, try and, you know, they'd give me a cuddle and and that, but I had no idea because the big the big yellow bucket uh, come over my head. But it wasn't until you know afterwards that it was um, the little midget Eddie Walker. Uh, so there'll be a square out coming for the little little man. But um, yeah, it was it was all part of the uh, all part of the uh, you know the day. Good stuff, Jack. You touched on it uh, in the changing rooms afterwards. What was that like? Uh, again, it's another one of special moments. You know, on a special day, you know, I spoke about, you know, the moment together the night before, you know, the, the jersey presentation and, you know, the moment on the field, you know, the actual, getting the actual job done on the pitch and then, you know, the moment together in the, in the sheds afterwards, you know, we crack open a beer and, you know, you're singing songs and, you know, you just have that, that hour of, like I said, the, the relief passes then when you get back in the shed, you know, it's not a relief, it's just absolute you know, enjoyment and, you know, you're proud for what you've achieved, you're proud of each other and, you know, you know you can just, for the next couple of days, just absolutely relax and, you know, enjoy each other's company and celebrate what you've just achieved.
Fellas, thanks for your time. That was a fantastic insight. I hope to see you again soon at the Hallowell Jones. Please stay safe.